Welcome to another episode of Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer. And on this week's episode of Left Coast Sports, we're talking conference realignment with John Kurtz. He's done an absolutely incredible job covering all the developments across the national landscape in FBS football. I'm talking about the Big 12 and the SEC and the Group of Five over these last handful of months. And if you're a college football fan or just a fan of college sports in general and you want to learn about what's next for schools like San Diego State or Boise State and others, I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. John is a great follow on Twitter, also on YouTube. You can follow him on Twitter at JL Kurtz. Subscribe to his YouTube page for the best college realignment content available. Just search for John Kurtz on YouTube. But as we always remind you, before we get started with today's episode, please give us an auto-download on your podcast platform. That means you'll get future episodes automatically. Left Coast Sports is basically available everywhere. We're talking Apple Podcasts, the free iHeartRadio app. We're on YouTube and Spotify and others. You can leave reviews. And while you're here and listening... Give John a follow on Twitter at JL Kurtz. Give me a follow on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R at John Schaefer. So let's get right to it. Why did Texas and Oklahoma jump to the SEC now? Will the Big 12 expand again? Is realignment coming to the group of five? Here's my conversation with John Kurtz. So, John, walk me through this if you don't mind. Why was the time now? for the conference realignment chairs to be in motion and Texas and Oklahoma leaving now for the SEC. Why does it make sense to make that announcement now as opposed to later? Yeah, I, I think the uh, the picture has become clearer through the, the work of a lot of great reporting from a lot of different people um, in the aftermath of this. It, it seems like what happened is, first of all, Texas and Oklahoma caught wind of ESPN and Fox telling the Big 12 that their TV deal coming up here in 2025 when the grant of rights is done would be just the same as the deal that they signed, I believe it was 12 years ago when the last round of realignment came up. So they would not be getting, you know, you think about like in terms of like a cost of living raise, something like that, like not, not even that uh, in the TV contract. And so you already have a situation where the Big 12 is at sitting at about $40 million per year in terms of the payout for TV, uh, NCAA tournament, all of that stuff lumped in together, which is behind the Big 10, which is already in the 50s. And the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma is projected to go north of $60 million per year. So I think Texas and Oklahoma were looking around like, hey, do we really want to sit here and continue to get further and further behind our peers, sit 10 to $15 million below our peers as time moves on here for it and sign ourselves up for another decade of that? And I think that is really what spurred things on and why they first started to explore. And then obviously the SEC seemed to be a pretty willing participant here in bringing Texas and Oklahoma along. So I think it's really, you know, if people want to make it about, and certainly I'm, I'm here for the Texas jokes and all of this and how much are they going to actually win in the SEC? Everybody wants to make it more about that. I think really it, it frankly is just all about money. And that's, that's what set this off. It, it still is amazing to me that they kept it as quiet as they did for so long. And the, the ultimate answer to your question, why did we find out when we did, it's actually because Texas A&M finally got wind of it and got upset. And that was the leak. They leaked it to their beat writer in the Houston Chronicle. So that's kind of the long and short of it. I think where it's at right now and, and the unfortunate reality is that that obviously leaves a lot of teams, not just in the Big 12, but these tentacles go pretty far out. A lot of teams now in some tough spots as, as the chairs, in, in your words, really do start to move around here. So what impact does this have on the other eight? And, I, and we know about the Big 12 additions, obviously, and I think they're very good additions. Clearly, the TV revenue to some extent is going to come down, although maybe not as far down as some expected, but from you know Kansas State's perspective, Iowa State's perspective, what type of impact could having less TV dollars coming in have on athletics in general? 
Yeah, the unfortunate reality is that I think there there is a pretty significant impact, um, even if they do wind up with 20 to 25, which seems to be kind of the general expectation right now. So you're losing about $15 million per year. I think one of the big factors here, and especially you think about like an Iowa State's case, so they have a pretty hot commodity right now in Matt Campbell as their head coach. You're going to try and keep him away from a lot of people that are going to want to come in and poach, right? And I, I think this is where like having that extra money goes a long way toward coaching salaries not just for your head coach, but for your assistants. So like Iowa State devoted $3 million extra to a pool of assistants for Matt Campbell within the last year. They also gave him a raise. Uh, things like that, I think, are what become difficult if you're losing $15 million per year in your athletic budget. And that's, that's where I really worry about, are you able to compete and keep up with the Joneses in terms of keeping your coaches? Because how much of a difference does it make for Iowa State football right now if Matt Campbell is not the coach? You know, I mean, he's the one guy that's won there in basically my lifetime and beyond. So that's the type of thing that gets really tricky. Even, you know, if you think about like all the analysts, if you go look at like Alabama's coaching staff, for instance, or Clemson or Georgia and how many analysts and just extra coaches, extra recruiting help they have on their staff, they're already outpacing everybody by so much on that. And you lose the ability to go take in as much extra help as you want to really compete with schools like that. Now, there's always going to be a gap there. And I mean, the reality is the K-State and Iowa States of the world have been competing at a disadvantage already for years. And it goes back to even when, you know, in the no scholarship limitation days with, with how much of a disparity there was in talent back then. So there's always an element of that. But this this just widens that gap. And then it's about it like erosion over time. You know, over time, if you lose more coaches over the next 10, 15, 20 years, what happens to interest in the sport? What happens to donations, et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of walk down that path. And maybe that's thinking about it a little bit too negatively, but I think that's, that's really the fear here beyond just the, the humanity part of it, that jobs will be cut, you know, I mean, athletic department jobs will be cut. And so people will lose, lose their jobs, which is a tough thing to think about too. Um, I think that's really to me where the impact would be felt the most. And then on top of that, beyond the money, it's, it's like the prestige, right? I mean, it, does the big 12 fall in the eyes of the average college football fan in terms of its prestige in the college football world? And does that affect recruiting? There's just so many ways that it really can affect teams. So I think it's easy sometimes to get bogged down and just looking at the numbers and being like, okay, so they're losing $15 million. What's that? They already, these athletic departments operate on huge budgets, but it can have a pretty big impact in my eyes. What did you think in general of the additions? And the question really is, could they have done better? Uh, the only knock from my perspective would be the, the width of the league, the size overall. There was already the outlier with West Virginia. I think Cincinnati made sense from West Virginia's perspective. But now going as far west as, uh, as Provo with BYU, and I want to get into San Diego State with you coming up as well. But, you know, you, you add good football brands. Is there any concern with the overall size, the scope, the geography of the league? I think it, I, I can understand why people would have some concern about it and just the absurdity of it. I mean, really what conferences are turning into now with realignment, it, it, it frankly is kind of absurd. And, you know, 20 years ago, we would have looked at it and been like, what exactly is going on here? But the bottom line is, it's just a, it's a fight for survival. And so it, it was about adding the, the four best, what the big 12 thinks are football brands right now slash potential brands you know I mean I I was like the analogy I heard someone say and I think it's correct the Big 12 looked at it like a recruit or a prospect in the NFL draft and said well look there's not a sure thing here but what what are the best athletes we can go get to try and grow and develop and I think that's what they've done um, so I, I think that's basically it it was just whatever the geography is going to be be damned because we have to go out and get the best football programs that we possibly can and uh, just do that to try and rescue what's left of the conference 
So I don't have a, a huge issue with it necessarily. It was kind of like when, I mean, when West Virginia was added, there were the same kinds of questions. Like what, what are we doing? Does that make sense? Why would you go all the way out there? What about West Virginia's travel budget? And uh, there are definitely concerns and West Virginia spends between three and $5 million per year, every year, just on their travel alone for all their sports, which is a crazy expense. But if the alternative is playing in the American athletic conference and your payout is $10 million a year versus $40 million a year, I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. So I, I think that's, it's just, you know, as a purist, a college football purist, like it, it is really frustrating and it is very weird, um, but you just have to do what you have to do. And I, I think that's basically what the league has done here. John, I'm curious, why are we hearing so much about already the possibility of future Big 12 expansion? We know about Texas, no you on, on the way out, but they go plus four. I guess net is a plus two getting back to 12. Why is there so much conversation right now? How would it benefit the Big 12 conference to keep growing? Yeah, I think when when the four teams were first added at that point, it made sense to be asking the questions. Before they were added, it made sense, too, for people to be speculating about going wider. I actually, I really liked the uh, theory from Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports saying, like, go get the extra teams just to totally kneecap the, the AAC and the Mountain West, the two conferences below you, because theoretically in a 12-team playoff world, if there are six auto bids, you're virtually guaranteeing yourself then a bid every single year by just, you know, it's kind of eat or be eaten, that, that sort of a theory. So I think it made more sense then. Now I'm not so sure that the right move is to be in a hurry to add teams just because you, you have solidified yourself. The Big 12 clearly needed to make some kind of move. They've done that. I think they're back on more stable footing. And now I think you can go back to being a little bit more picky um, in terms of what you're doing. And a part of that to me is because let's look at what happens with the Pac-12 TV deal, which is coming up within the next 18 months, because I no one seems to be talking much about this. But to me, it would make sense that a similar situation could play out with USC and Oregon that played out with Texas and Oklahoma, where they say right now the Pac-12 payouts already eight million dollars below the Big 12 at 32 so they better be getting a pretty substantial increase on that TV revenue or else, again, USC and Oregon could look around and be like, okay, so we're signing up for 10 years of being $20 million behind the SEC. I don't know about that. What if we go join the Big Ten and now we're making $60 million a year? If that were to happen, then the Pac-12 disintegrates. Then maybe you have some other options there. Um, those are the kind of things I would be thinking about if I were the Big 12. Now, at the same time, I do understand the appeal of a San Diego state, the appeal of a Boise, maybe to a lesser extent to me, Memphis. Um, I'm not as high on Memphis as some seem to be, but I think the big 12, some leftovers, so to speak from that process where they vetted all these schools and looked at schools that they would like. And so some of the reporting is based on that. And Hey, these schools were really close. And, and if you wanted to be a real negative Nancy about the big 12, some have floated the theory too, that, Hey, there has been reporting from the Fort Worth star telegram that TCU and Houston were close to getting invites to the PAC 12 and still might uh, <clears throat> at some point in the next year, leave. So if you are fearful of somebody else leaving, that might be a way to try and just give yourself some extra insurance. Kansas also does not seem to be real thrilled with the new setup. They, they fancy themselves Big Ten bound, for instance. Um, reality, that situation may be different than what they think, but they think that. So if, you, if you're fearful of losing another school or two down the road, maybe it's just like an insurance plan there too. Um, so I just think there's a lot to play out. I would not be in a rush to do it because then you're splitting the pie more ways. And what's your TV value going to be if you add extra schools? I think there's a lot to really parse out and it's probably slowed down some with football season uh, coming up right now here. I think it's just a, it, there's a lot of moving parts and it's a pretty complicated process here at this point. I've sold you on this before you were on uh, my radio show here in San Diego about San Diego state. And I've heard you talk about them publicly as well. And I know, I know you've been, 
complimentary of the program. Would it make sense, in your opinion, from the Big 12's perspective to just get into the recruiting foothold of Southern California? It's like the Pac-12, obviously, is the only power league playing football in the state. We know the SEC is able to recruit California. We know some of the power programs like Ohio State have done it as well. But wouldn't it make sense just from an on-field product to potentially get into that recruiting area for the Big 12? I think there's a lot of value in it. And I think the Big 12 would would basically agree in a roundabout way without having directly said it about about the market of San Diego or getting into California. Because what have we heard about the, the schools that they've added? Well, Houston, I mean, Houston has not even been a great football program, but they want to be in the Houston metro area, which is, you know, I mean, if you could just throw a fence around the Houston metro area and recruit that every single year, you'd probably win the national championship. There's enough talent there. You, mm. could, you could compete at that level. So they wanted that. Uh, Ohio is one of the most talent-rich states in the country. And you go get Cincinnati, obviously a, a major metro in the state of Ohio. And that was really talked up by Bulls being company. And then same thing for Florida. You know, I mean, you're getting into Central Florida, um, which is another very fertile recruiting ground to get make some inroads there. So that was, that was a big part of the pitch of why they were adding those three schools. So it just makes sense, right, to, to go into San Diego. I mean, to me, it's, it strikes me as very similar to what they did with UCF because – Orlando is a market without an NFL team now. And so you're in a fertile recruiting ground with a lot of players and a place that doesn't have an NFL team, San Diego, no NFL team at this point, obviously fertile recruiting ground, a lot of players. And the other thing that's really attractive to me about the timing right now, now obviously when San Diego state would come into the league, if they were to add them, who knows what's happened with USC by then, but there's been a lot of talk about USC, like losing its grip on the, the SoCal recruiting scene and losing out to some schools like Oregon or even other places recruiting more nationally and coming in there. So it seems like as good a time as any to get into Southern California right now, if USC is not going to have a total vice grip stranglehold on it, like they have at some points in the past. So I, I do think there's, there's a lot of merit to that. Does it surprise you a little bit when you hear about some of these mountain West schools, maybe not San Diego state or Boise state. It, it seems like at least publicly, there's a good chance they remain at least for the short term in the mountain West. But when you hear about an air force or a Colorado state, at least entertaining the prospects of moving from the mountain West to the AAC, does that surprise you at all when you look at kind of what's left of the AAC and where the Mountain West is as a conference right now? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I So someone sent me an article last night that was talking about that, that, hey, Colorado State and, and Air Force may be gone. And I was like, I just, you know, I mean, my initial reaction when people asked me about that, I said, I just don't know. I mean, for marginal, perhaps money increase. I mean, and who knows what that even really is going to look like um, with what the AAC's TV future is going to hold. You want to be sending all your non-revenue sports across the country for just a marginal step up. And, you know, a lot of these schools have been waiting around hoping for the Big 12 anyway. Maybe, you know, Colorado State and Air Force are a little bit more on the periphery of that conversation than being right in the middle of it. But I don't know. To me, it feels like a lot. It feels like a lot of logistical nightmares for not very much gain. I don't really see what the advantage is there. And I think there's a case. To be, you know, I mean, if you're talking about, I know I heard the Mountain West was, or the, the AAC was trying to sell, for instance, Boise on, you know, being the power of the AAC. Well, it's like, I mean, they're already a power in the Mountain West and it's virtually the same thing and it makes more geographical sense. And they already kind of have a brand and identity, identity established there. I don't fault the AAC for trying. I mean, I think that's what you should do in that scenario, at least make an attempt, but I don't really see much value or merit in it if you're, if you are one of those schools right now in the Mountain West. Yeah, either do I. I'm 100% with you. Uh, John, you're doing incredible work on realignment, Big 12 football, just FBS football in general. Uh, for our listeners, where can they find you? Where are you doing this day in and day out? 
Yeah, for sure. So check out the YouTube channel, John Kurtz. It's J-O-H-N-K-U-R-T-Z. Um, you can also find me uh, on Twitter. It's just J-L Kurtz, J-L-K-U-R-T-Z, if you want more like up to the minute uh, type of updates. Um, I do a daily radio show. You can find the podcast for that just on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you find them. Just search the game, K-M-A-N. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Instagram or TikTok at John Kurtz Show as well. So lots of places to, uh, to find my content these days. I have a feeling that uh, this discussion will continue in the weeks and months and potentially yeah. years ahead. So, John, I appreciate you doing it today. Thanks so much. Hey, anytime, John. Take care. So thank you again to John for his time today on all things related to college realignment. It's become a 24-7 news cycle. And as I said earlier, he's just spectacular on Twitter and YouTube. For college sports fans, you can follow him on Twitter at JL Kurtz. Subscribe to his YouTube page for the best college football realignment content available. Just search for John Kurtz on YouTube. And again, if you haven't already, please subscribe and auto-download future episodes on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on right now. Please leave a review as well. And once again, follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. For previous episodes or more information about Left Coast Sports, we have that available to you at yourview.com. That's Y-U-R-V-I-E-W.com. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll catch up again next time right here on Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer.